0: If you would, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, once you get there, if you would, please stand as we honor God's word. Beginning in verse 1, the word of God declares the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness, And preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. And again, we're thankful for each one that is here, your sanctuary this morning. and Lord, I, we just ask your blessing on the breaking of the bread of life. Lord, just give me the words to say that I might preach with authority those things. Lord, you've laid upon my heart. May I be bold as I proclaim the gospel. Lord, be of those is our duty to pray for. Again, those that are sick and afflicted, those not able to be with us, those that have lost loved ones, Lord, and are out of town, just uh, be with them, comfort them, and Lord, bring them safely back to us. And again, Father, thank you for Lone Mountain. Thank you for allowing us to be a light in this community. Father, if there's one here today knows not Christ and the free pardon of sin, may this be the day they trust Jesus for salvation. Lord, if there's one here that's drifted, Away from you, I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will convince them to come and make things right with you and get back, Lord, in the fold and serve you, because Lord, we know you 're coming, and I believe with all my heart, Lord you're coming soon for your church. so Lord, again, bless the message, and may ears be open to receive what you have for them this morning, for I ask it in the blessed name of Christ, our Savior, amen, please be seated. <coughs> You'll notice here in Mark, it's at the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you'll notice in the four gospels, Matthew deals with Christ's genealogy to prove that he was a son of Abraham and a son of David. To prove he was sent as the Messiah. Mark here is talking about Christ being a servant of man. He is a servant. Listen, had he not came to serve, for would we be today? Luke talks about what? Well, his birth coming into the world, born of a virgin. Then of course John talks about eternity past, where Christ was God who came into the world as man. So understand Mark's point here is that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. Notice his name was Jesus. Well, the Greek interpretation of the Hebrew name Jesus is Joshua. But the word, the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. So Jesus is the only means of salvation for me or you. He's it. There's no other, not Buddha, not... Anybody, Muhammad, no, 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 Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. And then, of course, he says that he's the Christ. Well, the Christ is the one who came to deliver. He's a deliverer. He delivered you and me when he died on the cross if we come to him in faith. Amen. And then, of course, he's the Son of God. Because he is the Christ. He is God's son, but he is also God. And a lot of people trip over that today. They don't believe in the deity. Well, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is God. He's always been. He's always going to be. And I'll throw this in and won't charge you. You don't trust him as your Savior, and you don't believe that he is God. You're not saved. You can't be saved apart from believing that Christ is God manifested in the flesh. Amen. Now, that's verse 1. It says, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. Now, understand that John the Baptist was a forerunner of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He came To prepare the way of the Lord so that the people would receive him. Now, did they all receive him? No. But he was a forerunner. Now, back in those days, a forerunner was sent ahead of a king to prepare, one, the roads that they were clear so when the king passed by, it was smooth sailing. There wasn't anything to clog up his passing. Okay, so that was job one job two of a forerunner though was to go before the king even started down the path with his voice proclaiming the king is coming the king is about to pass this way so john the baptist answered that and that calling according to the prophets as a forerunner for christ If you'll read Isaiah 40 and verse 31, the next verse here, Mark, is that verse, prepare the way. You can go to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, and it'll talk. Well, I tell you what, don't take my word for it. Let's look at God's word. Sometimes we take a preacher's word, and sometimes the preacher might be off a little bit. Y'all believe that? Let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. Did I say Isaiah? Okay. Thank you, sister. See, you got to watch me. Read that for me. Sister, go ahead and read that. You can read it, doll. No, that's the wrong one, sweetie. I know that's the one I said. That's what I said. Yo. 40. Thank you, brother. That's what I knew it was in Isaiah because I studied it. Read it for me. 43 and verse. Yeah. Thank you. I'm in the right book. I'm in the wrong chapter. Y'all ever been there before? So, are we human? Do we sometimes get messed up? So, if I tell you to turn to a scripture and read it and it's the wrong one, what are you supposed to do? Thank you. He's human. He puts his britches on just like I do. Amen. But no, you're a preacher. You're supposed to know. Listen, it's not that I don't know. I've just gotten older and I'm starting to lose my memory. I used to quote scripture with the best of them. Now I have to read it. Amen. All right, 40 and verse 3. Read it, Brother Shiro. Thank you. Thank you, brother. That's right. Now turn to Malachi 3:1. I know I'm right here. Malachi chapter 3 and verse one. "Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall and suddenly come to his temple, Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So he's talking about John the Baptist being a forerunner of Christ, and he came. Just as it was prophesied that he would come. And John came at a time when (laughs) the old Jews had gotten away from serving God. They were in an old uh, religion of... Keeping the commandments, being legalistic, and just pretty much do as I say, not as I do. The religious leaders of that time, you know, they wore their pious, finest priestly outfits trying to impress the people how holy and how righteous they were. Well, God sent a man out of the wilderness. And camel hair and a leather girl. And I want to tell you, if we saw him and he come through these doors here at Lone Mountain, it would scare us to death. In fact, we'd probably say, oh, we can't let you in. Oh, uh-uh, there's something weird about you. Well, I'll tell you what's weird about John the Baptist. He wasn't going to be one of those self-righteous Pharisees and Sadducees. He was called of God. To serve God and that's exactly what he did. And he came preaching a message. Lord God, I wish we had preachers that would preach the message. We've gotten away from preaching the word of God because we want to tickle your ears. We want you to love us and like us. And we don't want to offend you after all. You might cut the check. That's how it is today. See, John the Baptist didn't care about a check. He trusted God. He relied on God to take care of it. You say, well, you really think God took care of him him eating locusts and wild honey? Hey, he had his protein and he had his carbohydrates. Amen. He had a balanced meal. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, he trusted God for everything. And I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know, it would be an acquired taste, I guess. You eat locusts. Now, the honey part, I have no problem with that. But uh, eating a locust, I don't know. I have eaten a cricket before. My my son-in-law, ex-son-in-law, he cooked some crickets. Now, let me tell you something about this. He didn't tell me what those were. And he had them in an old paper sack. He says, you need to try this. I said, well, what is it? Try it. Well, what is it? Just try it. Well, I tried it. I looked at it at first and I thought, that looks like a bug. (laughs) Popped it in my mouth. Oh, dear Lord. Sit there. He goes, them are crickets. I said, where did you get them? Oh, I cooked them thought my lord son I'm not going to eat no more I've had enough (laughs) I had one but I I did eat one but here's the thing John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner he was also a Nazirite you know what that means that means he never trimmed his hair or his beard did y'all get that He had a long beard because from the time he was born till then, it grew. And what they would do with those long beards is they would put them in a sack and tie them around their waist so they wouldn't step on the beard because that would be pretty painful. He also had long hair. And I know us old Baptist preachers, you hippie, you can't have long hair over your ears. What do you think they wore? How do you think they wore their hair back then? Especially if you were a Nazarite. And they would braid their hair. Seven braids. And it would run down their back. But it was braided so they wouldn't step on it. So again, he might have been a funny looking wild preacher. But he was God's preacher Fulfilling a prophecy that God said was going to happen. And by the way, from Malachi to the New Testament was 400 years. And God sent John the Baptist to finally preach the gospel. Again, it was a time when there was just an orthodoxy. Of just religion. All they did was go through the motions. They didn't live it, but they went through the motions. And I hate to say it today, but we have come to the point in time where the average church is just going through the motions. And beloved, God forgive us if we don't stand out and proclaim the gospel. And can I say something, Lone Mountain? It's okay that we are called old-fashioned. It's okay they make fun of our singing. It's okay they make fun of our preaching. That's fine with me because after all, John the Baptist was different. I don't mind being different. In fact, if we're going to be what the Lord wants us to be, we're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Amen? Too much compromise. Too much. Oh, we got to fit in with the other bunch. No, we don't. No, we don't. Now, notice what it says. Go back to our text there. Mark chapter 1. Voice of 1, verse 3, crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. Notice it said John did baptize in the wilderness. He wasn't in no synagogue. He wasn't in the temple. He was out in the Judean wilderness, River Jordan, preaching. What? The baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now, it's true. He came preaching baptism. Understand, it's not talking about baptism for salvation it was baptism to what turn from their ways to God and believe it or not back then the Jews knew about baptism because it was a Gentile when he would change from being a Gentile to a Jew he would baptize himself to show that he had changed his life so He came preaching baptism, turning to God for the remission of sins. Remission of sins means forgiveness. Forgiveness. But let's understand something. There's some teaching out there today that says repentance is completely not necessary for salvation. How many of you agree with that? I don't. Repentance is necessary for salvation. But listen to me. It's not. Well, Lord, I'm a sinner. He already knows. And he does all the work, you know, he does the saving. But we're to come to him, right, Brother Jerry? And we're to recognize we're in need of him. And the only way you can recognize you're in need of him is to come to the agreement that you know what i'm a sinner so i come to him and i say lord i'm a sinner i believe you died on the cross to atone for my sins and by the faith the best i know how i trust you in your finished work for my salvation and at that very moment i'm saved now i don't come to receive forgiveness of my sins by saying lord Let's see, when I was five, I stole a cookie. Lord, when I was in kindergarten, I told my teacher a lie. The dog did not eat my homework. Oh, I told mom I was going to the store, but really I went to see my girlfriend Betty Lou. No, you don't list every sin. For one, do you realize how long that list would be? I know for me. No, I'm just a recognize I am a lost sinner and because of my sin Jesus had to die on the cross to atone for those sins that's how simple it is but listen repentance is necessary for salvation it's necessary you admit you're a sinner why do I need to be saved if I don't know I'm lost right exactly and I'll get in trouble there's a teaching out there and it comes from what they call the new independent Baptist fellowship anybody ever heard of Steve Anderson he's a heretic run his own father who is a preacher won't have nothing to do with him because he's wrong he's trying to build up his self and a following they've got like 20 something churches now that are in this new fellowship but they don't believe in repentance folks you got to repent how do I know because Jesus said except you repent You're going to perish. That's what Jesus said. Don't take my word for it. Take the word of God. And by the way, Jesus is the word. So he came preaching baptism not for salvation. Understand, baptism has never saved a soul. It is by grace through faith. It is the act of trusting Jesus as our Savior that saves us. Not works. Baptism is a work. But baptism is important because it identifies us as a follower of Christ and it shows what Jesus did for us. He died. We died to sin. And we rose up in newness of life. We're changed. We're walking now as a child of God. We have this... No desire to sin anymore. We got new desires to serve Christ, to live for Christ. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, it says, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Again, When I say confessing their sins here according to Scripture, they were just admitting that they were sinners and they needed to change their ways. Okay? Not literally writing a list of every sin you ever committed. But let me say something about this. Every sin you and me have ever committed was placed upon Jesus on the cross. And he paid the price and penalty for our sins. Amen? Now, that's simple. That's not hard to believe because it's God's Word. Now, again, and they went out unto him, who? The Jews. It's estimated that John the Baptist and some of his followers Baptized over 300,000 people before Jesus. Think about that. 300,000. That's a lot of folks. Got to be a lot of water there. The Jordan River. Because when we baptize, are we sprinkled? No, there's got to be lots of water. That's why they baptized in the River Jordan, because there was much water there. Amen. But think about it. They were baptized. And if he baptized that many people, that's good because they needed to change their ways. He was preparing the way for Christ to come and share the glorious gospel. And can I say this about him? Yeah. Brother Cyril, he's like me and you, he's human. There came a time when they threw him in an old dirty dungeon for preaching the truth against adultery by Herod and Herodias and he kind of got discouraged a little bit. And before we shake our finger at him, they threw us in jail. We might be a little discouraged too. And remember, he sent us Followers to, hey, go and see if Jesus is him or should we look for another. They go and they ask Jesus that. Should we look for another? This is from John the Baptist. You tell him that the blind received their sight. The lame can walk again. And so on and so forth. Understand. He is the Messiah. It says, And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and honey. And again, as I said, estimated 300,000. Now, you and I would say, man, he was something. He was fancy, wasn't he? Can I tell you about John's ministry? It wasn't based upon those 300,000 that he baptized and turned to the Lord. That's what it's based on. My ministry is not based upon how many people get saved. My ministry isn't based upon how big our church grows. My ministry is based upon preaching God's word and allowing God to add the increase. That is what our ministry is about. We got too many preachers out there that... Like the applause of men, they like that, oh, I'm something else. Lord couldn't do anything if he didn't have me. Boy, that's a dangerous statement. You know what? God don't need any of us to fulfill his will. And if you don't want to praise him, he can call the rocks to praise him. He don't need us. But he allows us to be used if we'll just allow him. So John the Baptist. And it says, And preach, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to what? Stoop down and unloose. You see, it didn't go to his head. You see, he realized, listen, I'm the lowest of the low. I'm as low as an old slave can be. I'm not worthy to even unlatch his shoelaces. I must decrease. He must increase. You see, John the Baptist didn't let it go to his head. He was there strictly to prepare the way for the king, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he didn't have an issue with, with, look at all I've done here. No, no, no. He was called. He answered the call. He fulfilled the call. And now Christ is coming in on the scene, and he's got to back off. And that's exactly what he did. And, beloved, let me just say this. We've got to make everything about Jesus, not ourselves. Amen? We've got to get back to the basics. It's all about Jesus, not us. Too many want it to be about them. Look at me. Look what I have done. Mm-mm. It's all about what he has done, what he has accomplished. Amen. And then it goes on to say this. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. What was he saying there? He said it's true. I came and I baptized you with the element of water, but when Jesus gets here, He's going to baptize you spiritually with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. And oh, what a time that must have been. After all of their looking for the Messiah, he finally has arrived. But the sad thing is he was right in front of them and he never Re- they never recognized who he was. In fact, they're still looking. Go to the wailing wall. It's full. You got men on one side, women on the other side. And you see them up there at the wall, and they're just a-praying, just to a- praying and writing their prayers down and sticking it in the cracks of Temple Mount. And their prayer is for the Messiah to come. Folks, he's already come. But he's coming again to take us home. He's already come. Thank God. Now, I want to share one other thing to you. Then I'll shut up. Go to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old path. Where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your soul. But they said we will not walk therein. Now what Jeremiah is telling us about is the old paths are the good paths. You see, we need to get back to just preaching the gospel. We need to get back preaching that Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, and on the third day in victory came out of that tomb, guaranteeing salvation for all who'll just come and believe. We need to get back to the basics. Stop preaching on how we can grow a church. Can, can I tell you something? I, there's been lots of manuals. I had to, when I was in school, I had to study Jack Howell's How to Grow a Sunday School. It was a manual about that thick. Can I tell you something? There's some good ideas. Don't get me wrong. But uh uh-uh. here is the manual we need to get back to. You see, the Bible says Paul said this, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, and reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering of doctrine for many shall turn away from the truth. And that's where we're at today. Folks have turned from the truth. But we need to get back to proclaiming the truth. Don't hold your head down because you're a Baptist. I believe the Baptists are the closest to what Jesus taught. Now listen to me. If you're just trusting in being a Baptist to go to heaven, you're going to bust hell wide open. Because being a Baptist does not get you to heaven. It's knowing Jesus as your Savior. But if you're a Baptist, after you're saved and you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, then you uphold the Word of God. You don't back down. You preach it. And teach it. And stand for it. Too many folks... Today won't stand. But he said go back to the old path. This new stuff is why the church is in the shape she's in today. Because, oh, we can't keep them there. We have to have something. Yeah. If I have to bribe you to come to church, something's wrong with me. And above all, there's something wrong with you if you don't desire to be here if you call yourself a child of God. You're welcome. Shouldn't have to be bribed. Amen. And again, it's all about legalism today, humanism today. The old paths have been written off. Oh, that's outdated. Can I tell you something? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word will endure forever. It's never going to change. What it says now is the same thing it said 2,000 years ago. They say, how many of you have been watching those commercials? Jesus gets us. He's us. Y'all seen those commercials? In fact, the commercials today on the Super Bowl, are going to have a lot of that. They bought like, I don't remember, $10 million worth of commercials. If you go to that website, Jesus is Us, read what they believe. And you realize, oh, they don't believe the way we believe. That's not the same Jesus we worship. Don't be gullible, folks. Let the Holy Spirit give you discernment. If it don't sound right and your ears perk up, it's not right. That's the Holy Spirit saying, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. other day, I'll close. I was called a heretic. Brother Jerry was called a heretic. Brother Bill was called a heretic. You say, oh. What did you do? Well, bit my tongue a little bit. I tried to explain. Maybe I couldn't explain it as well as I should have. But I went home. I waited for Lorianne to go to bed. Me and the Lord had a talk. So said, Lord, show me. If I'm wrong, you just show me. tell you what it showed me John the Baptist here Mark chapter 1 and by the way you can go to Matthew chapter 3 1 through 7 it's the same story but he showed me no repentance is necessary for salvation you cannot leave it out of the equation because that's where that Easy believism comes in. Oh, Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, I believe he died for me. I'm saved. No. you got to know why you're saved. If you don't know you're lost, how can you be saved? You can't be. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And by the way, it's a choice. The Holy Spirit convicts our hearts. It's a choice when he begins to convict us. We choose if we want to be convinced and convicted and come up and trust the Lord, or we don't have to. We can just stay in our sins. But salvation requires repentance. Don't let somebody tell you repentance ain't required. And you preachers, don't back up when it comes to Repentance. We have been taught the Word of God. The Holy Spirit leads us. And you know what? Can the Spirit make a mistake? Mm -mm. Let me say that again. Can the Holy Spirit make a mistake? No. So if the Holy Spirit says repentance is necessary, I'm going to believe the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's Jesus also the living word so in close if you're saved you are to thank God but if you're not listen to me John the Baptist came to prepare the way and that's exactly what he did the son of God God's lamb came and died on the cross to atone since he was the perfect offering. He and he only appeased God the Father by a sacrifice on the cross. So if you're looking to be saved any other way, you're up a creek without a paddle. There's only one way, and that's through the cross of Calvary. That's through Jesus and His sacrifice on the cross. If you're here today and maybe you've listened to some folks out there that claim to be shepherds but they're wrong in their teaching and preaching. Why don't you come up here and say, Lord, I want to believe what's right. Help me. Give me discernment so I don't make the mistake of getting caught up. In a belief that's not even scriptural. Folks, don't think for a moment there aren't heretics out there. The Word of God warns us what to look for. And we're supposed to reject them. That doesn't mean, ah, let's rub elbows and let's go along here. No. No, you reject them. And as your pastor here, I have a responsibility to protect this flock. I have warned you, there are those amongst us that don't believe the way we do. If they don't believe that the Lord's coming back and the church isn't going to go through the tribulation, and they think they're right on that, what about concerning salvation? If they're wrong on that, they're wrong on salvation. Oh. Yep, he died on the cross. I'm saved. you got to come. Except I be lifted up. No man can come to me. He has to be lifted up. He's got to draw you. And that's through the work of the Holy Spirit. You just don't wake up one morning and say, Brother Rich, you know what? I'm going to be saved today. Get out of bed. Yeah, I think I'll. I'll do that Jesus thing this morning. Don't work that away. The Holy Spirit has to convict you. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. How shall they hear without a preacher? Someone's got to tell them. And believe it or not, just as John the Baptist was a forerunner, we're also supposed to be a forerunner here. Prepare the way for the king because he's coming. So I don't know what you need, but you've been warned. Be careful what you believe, and be careful who you believe. I guarantee you this morning, you've heard the truth. But check me out. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Check me out. I am human, so I'm subject. I mean, I couldn't even give you the first verse that I wanted us to go to over there in Isaiah. I couldn't remember. I'm human. But I know that I know that I know what Jesus did for me. I know that I know that I know he saved me. I know that I know that I know he's coming back for me. And I know that I know that I know I'm going to get to spend eternity with him in heaven. Amen. That's what it's all about. I pray you have the same assurance. Would you stand?